Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. You know that Drake lyric that goes, um, I see my ex-girl standing to my next girl standing to the girl that I'm fucking right now? Nope. No, okay. Who listens to Drake anyway? Hey. (laughs) I I just thought of it because the other day, I was at a funeral, right, Um, to set the tone. Uh And, uh, you know, there there was a good chance that I was going to run into one of my exes that day. Why was this? Because it was a mutual friend? It was a, it was a mutual friend. I had an idea that one of my exes was going to be there, and I knew there was a possibility that another one might be there. Lo and behold, the day of, I am sitting in the church, and I look behind me. When this when this moment really hit me, I looked behind me, and I saw I saw one of my exes walk in, and I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, one." There's one, and then uh, I look I look to my left. You know, it was really it was this really surreal moment when. You know, when you're sitting in a crowd of people and then you can just kind of see through like an angle of between the heads, like a perfect direct line between people. Yeah. Yeah. Almost and, as if it was like destined to be. Right. And in that little hole, I look over and I see I see my other ex. And I was like, OK, so we're in this now. In in this tiny little chapel, all three of us. I, I don't know. It was just really weird. Did so, they know that you had relations with both? Yes. Did one know the other is what I'm saying? Yes. I'm of the other sure. or? Both. I think both knew each, each other. Okay. But not like in a close circle of friends. No, there's a they common. never talked or anything? No, no, no. Oh, not in that regard. It's not that weird. No, it was. It was just weird for me, both of them being there. So. Because you knew. Because I knew, yeah. yeah. So I, I saw, I saw, uh, I mean, well, it was pancake, right? I saw, I saw her. I tried to, you know, I acknowledged her. Um, but when I went to go say hello, she kind of had her girls kind of circle up around her. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to worry. Unite. Right. (laughs) I was like, oh, she must listen to the podcast. (laughs) Um, Does she? I have no idea. I have no idea. I had another ex reach out to me complaining about the podcast. And I was like, you had like a two second feature. I don't know why. Anyway. Um, and then my, my most recent ex, she actually came up to me, said hello and we exchanged pleasantries and it was that's nice, cool. but she was cool about it. She was super cool about it. She probably doesn't listen to the show. That's why. That's a good thing. Yeah. In some regards. But that was, I don't know. It was just, it was a surreal, it was a surreal moment. I don't know why I was really stressed out that day with the fact that they were both there. And I was like, I wonder what they're going to say. I wonder what they're going to do. I think it was self-induced. I think you thought about it a little too much. It's because you had that knowledge and you projected that upon the, the, situation i don't think it was anything to stress out about i really don't yeah but i did not get invited to the holiday party because my friend that introduced me or the my friend that is the common denominator between all three of us Mm -hmm. she's like you need to stop sleeping with my friends so you can't come to the holiday party wow ice cold i know right that's lame but i guess maybe it's a good thing maybe you do need to move on from that circle and expand your horizons (laughs) You know, you'll never know what you could find wow. out there. I mean, look what look what you got now, right? Yeah. So, something different. But talking about, you know, stress and all that, mm-hmm. I've been trying to mitigate 
my own stress levels and I guess find inner peace. And so I think we spoke about um, working on staying true to what we said we were going to stay true to. And that one thing that stood out for me was the meditation. So I took that a step further, right? Have you been keeping up with it consistently? Yeah. um, So far, yes. I don't know if that's going to perpetuate. I've been trying to actually do it a little bit more as well on my own, but I'm still kind of learning a lot of what it takes and a lot of the, I guess, the proper ways of doing it to where I'm actually going to get something out of it, right? And the whole thing isn't just to try a new belief system because I want to try a new belief system. It's trying a methodology. I'm all about the methodologies, right? Not necessarily taking anything away from the fact that Buddhism has a very deep storied tradition and it is a very well-respected religion across the world in most regards. But for me, it's about trying to, and this sounds kind of selfish, trying to extract the necessary bits from Buddhism, like the essence of enlightenment and, and trying to calm myself down and really get myself to not stress and not get upset and not really um, get emotional, too overly emotional about things. Just kind of even out. I thought you were going to go more so along the line, more so along the lines of adopting systems where you can measure your progress and and make assessments and adjustments. Because that's how I am, huh? Yeah, that, that's yeah. where you're going with it. No, I think that's the cool thing about this is that it's so free. You could do whatever you want, and you're not held to that. You can feel the progress individually, I think, with this. And you'll see it reflected in your relationships day-to-day, your interactions with people, like whether or not you're cussing that guy out for cutting you off at the at the store or um, in traffic or whatnot. You know, I don't, I don't think that you know, a few weeks into it that it's going to make a big impact on me just yet because I'm still kind of familiarizing myself with it. But when I'm there and I'm in the moment, it feels great. It feels really good. And I've been doing it very, I mean, I went today and it just feels great. I actually felt like I had a moment today when I closed my eyes and I was reciting a mantra and it was a repeated mantra that we went on for about five or 10 minutes, just repeating the same thing. And they have the English translation of, uh, I don't know if people know this, but you're chanting in a foreign language. Buddhism is written in uh, Sanskrit, was translated from Sanskrit to Tibetan, and from Tibetan to Chinese, and from Chinese to English. How much is lost in translation with That's that many? That's a very, very good question. Don't know. Oh. No idea. But you'll you'll notice the English translations are kind of weird at times. They don't make sense. But it's less about what it is, and it's more so about to give you something to focus on. Right. Okay. For the meditation part, absolutely. And that's what I was focusing on. Although the English meanings, uh, the English translations, rather, are very, very deep. You know, you can just sit and reflect on them for quite some time. But the Tibetan is what I've been picking up on a lot and... It's actually pretty easy. And, you know, I asked you, or I mentioned to you, rather, you should definitely come and join. It is a surreal experience if you actually commit to it wholeheartedly. But uh, today I had that experience where I just sat sat there and I was really listening to the tone and more forgetting about 
what I was saying and just saying it almost automatically, like without even trying, you know, in Tibetan chanting in Tibetan for 10 minutes. It was surreal. Back, back up really quick. So you, you go to this temple, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to relate it to like church in, in the sense of like, usually they want you to be part of the congregation or they want you to be part of the church family or church community, however you call it. Yeah. Is that, is that the same type of obligation or, is there, or do they look at you like, where's the connection or what, what is it that you're looking for here or? Um, no. They don't, they don't look for that at all. Um, you can be in it for selfish gain. And that's the cool thing about Buddhism is there is that component built into it. There is a selfish component built into it. And then there is the global component built into it. And the global component is um, that you are basically trying to bestow peace and enlightenment upon all sentient beings, which are all living things, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, that can think. Sentient means conscious, right? You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I figured with the look on your face. (laughs) (laughs) By the look on your face. But, um... So, the other question I have is, mm -hmm. is like, attire that you would wear to this? Because it's... Anything. Because it's not a formal setting, but then it's also traditional. It's very formal. Very formal. The setting is. But yet you wear... You can wear anything. Okay. Yeah. You got to be comfortable. You're sitting in a but it isn't very like a, uncomfortable position for two and a half, two to two and a half hours. But it isn't a sign of disrespect or... No. The great thing about the lineage that I've stumbled upon just because of sheer convenience and convenience alone, the fact that it's a couple of blocks away from the house, is that it's very, very informal. And I was told um, by the Lama and by the other members of the of the uh, community that you can do no wrong you can do nothing wrong and they will not get mad at you however other lineages and other buddhist temples they will actually call you out if you did something wrong if you did not bow or if you did i don't bow um you can't turn your back on the lama when he's you know present or the altar for that matter people do it all the time they don't bow. They don't, you know, it's very, very informal mm. in that regard, but it is very formal when we are chanting and stuff like that. There is an expectation, you know, um, it is unspoken, but there is an expectation, but it's very fun. It's very laid back. Um, it's very, <laughs> that's just such an interesting way to describe it. It's very fun. It's, it's fun. Like, wow, yeah. It's... I get excited to go and I feel like it actually does something for me at that point in time. And I wish I can carry that feeling through with me throughout the day because it is very powerful and very impactful. It really weighs on you. So for me, trying to take this additional step to become a better person for the people in my life, to better the relationships in my life, I was contemplating a lot of things. And I know you had the same kind of contemplation going that how do you know you're in a bad relationship. And it's kind of ironic. Why ironic? Because we've received a listener question in m- painted in much the same light. It's oh, really? a little different. Yeah. It wasn't so much a question as a informal conversation that I was having with a buddy of mine that was curious about trying to find himself. And it kind of centered around the podcast and a lot of your trials and tribulations with the relationships. And <laughs> really? It, it came up. 
as things do in conversation, right? And it just so happened to be a listener of the podcast. And it was something that I, I wanted to bring up. And I think we mutually agreed on that this would be an interesting topic to discuss. So how do you know you're in a bad relationship? I don't think I am the best person to answer this question. Well, I mean, given my given my history of relationships in that sense, wouldn't you be the best person to ask? I guess you're right. Here's my answer. No. I, how do you <laughs> how do you figure? <laughs> well, I figured by now you should have a good idea of the dry run of a relationship, what it takes to maintain a relationship, and by that you've discovered a lot about yourself in order to help you identify what you want to discover in someone else. No? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny when you phrase it like that, I just saw an article, I want to say on the Times, where it's like 13 questions to ask before you get married. And I what, hate those articles. Yeah, you know, listicles. Anyway, but one of, the question, one of the questions was, do your past relationships help you or hinder you going forward, right? And thinking about that now, the way you presented that, I, I think they do help me uh, in, in a multitude of reasons. I would hope so. <laughs> I would too. So what are a couple of the reasons? Um, the, the first one and the biggest one uh, are going to be goals for each other, not each other. I'm sorry, indiv- individual goals that we both have. Okay. As far as what we see in a life with each other, right? Do we, you know, is marriage on the table? Our kids on the table? Uh, you know, where we live, how we, you know, would want to live, and how we'd want to operate in the same space, kind of deal. Knowing those those things, I think, is is important. One. So a lot of the end game conversation. And oh well, yeah, I guess it, is that end game though. I found yeah, like, no, kids are definitely end game. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they end the game that, quite that's literally? Not, that's <laughs> not where it all begins. That's not yeah. Um, Circle of life. <laughs> the uh, the other thing would be, I, I've been in relation in a relationship where, outside of her career, she didn't really have many interests or hobbies or anything else going on to kind of occupy her time. And so with me in contrasting with I worked and I also have my my business ventures, a lot of my time is 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 spent working on those or investing in those uh ventures when I'm not relegated to my day job. Right? Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You only have so much creative energy, right? You get burned out. Right. And so we started to to kind of not I don't want to say we drifted apart, but we didn't see eye to eye on how our time should be allocated. And for me, I reschedule things and I, it sounds so horrible, but I would say we were in a long distance relationship. I lived in Orange County. She was in Los Angeles County. It was. So what do you got now? It's like US and China type shit. Yeah, basically. (laughs) But for me that it was difficult because that's, that's a, you know, it's an hour commute to get out there and and back. So I, 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 it got to the point where I would spend at least one full day out there with her or you know she would come over to my area and we'd spend the day together but trying to meet up during the week was a lot more difficult trying to do things spontaneously wasn't really sure something we could always make happen so did you let me ask you this did you ever feel like you had to sacrifice what do you mean i mean setting aside your entire day just because you couldn't see someone enough I, I didn't think that was. Of, I didn't think that was a sacrifice. Um, it, it feels overwhelming, though. It, I mean, it didn't to me. In no, no and I, I still think like that was like a day for me. Not to say like a recharge, but it was a day for me to kind of like get grounded in the sense with the relationship because my life is very much you know go 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 right. 
And with that, it was, I, I had to do my best to, you know, not be on my computer, not be on my phone, which I was not very good at. Uh, and, and really disconnect and just kind of be in the moment with her. It's something I struggled with, um, but it, it's also something I appreciated. For her, the one day a week was was not nearly enough. Right. And that's where our disconnect started, and that's where things started to kind of fall by the wayside, is how my time was allocated. So why did it take so long? I don't know, man. I mean, s- simply put, I mean, I really liked her, and, and I thought she was great. Uh, but there were other other issues in the relationship that kind of started to surface over time. Over time? So yeah. they weren't like they weren't apparent from the get go. They happened as you went along, or maybe you were so enamored by the entire relationship that it took you a while to actually see it for what it was, instead of trying to convince yourself it was something else. Hmm. So I see you haven't put a lot of thought into your past. No, 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 no. I, I guess I did see it, and we had discussed it in the beginning, and and throughout the first half of the relationship, it was. It was something we talked about and it was, and it was manageable and it was under, there was an understanding. The last half of the relationship, it started to wear on both of us because she was under the impression that the more serious we got in the relationship and the more time that we were together, uh, time meaning duration in the relationship, mm-hmm. she thought my actions would change and my I would reallocate my time to focus more on her and our relationship than I would be spending on I get in the sense I'll say on myself with working on my my business ventures so I guess there was an expectation there that you didn't end up meeting and I'm sure it was the same on her end too there was something that you know you held her to a certain standard and she didn't meet that is that safe to say yeah yeah I mean that that that's accurate I think that it's accurate primarily because it's how almost every relationship should work or works in in the sense you have expectations that you set for one another and if you guys fail to communicate the expectations or fail to meet the expectations i feel like you know a relationship doesn't really stand a chance in essence but um there's another side to that where i think you're just so invested in what you were doing and your life was so in flux at that point in time. And it might still be, um, not to say that you you figured everything out and you cracked the code to a perfect relationship or a perfect self. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of a successful relationship comes from a successful personal life, right? Career-wise, knowledge-wise, education-wise, family-wise, getting all that down and knowing yourself what you stand for and identifying your the pillars of what make you you would really help that sounds great in theory but do you ever reach that point of you know successful career balancing relationship all all those things that you you labeled out it's definitely a work in progress and then knowing yourself I, i definitely get how that that is definitely important right that is something that comes with time but I feel like that's also something that is forever evolving. Like I said, it's a work in progress and that's the beauty of it. Right. But at least at that point in time where you can kind of take a, the way I see it, you could take a section out of that timeline, right? Like imagine you're splicing together a video and you're just boop, cutting that out. You could theoretically take that out and position it anywhere across your lifeline, right? The timeline that is your life. 
and drop it right there and insert a relationship right after, you know in that snippet of time that you are X, Y, and Z. And this is what you believe in. That other person that you're in that relationship with, whether it's platonic or um, romantic, that person will at least know where you stand because you know where you stand. You have a firm grasp on yourself. Now, whether or not that evolves, it's completely up to you. And now there's the other side of it is whether or not that evolves in parallel with what your partner wants. Mm-hmm. Is a completely different story. Now, you could be growing and you could be changing, but it might not be in the direction that your partner expects you to go. Right. But this is where a relationship really comes down to the nitty-gritty. It's your ability to grow in parallel, in tandem. Because if you ever deviate from one another, that's when you're going to start having a falling out. And if you can't bring those lines back to convergence, back to seeing eye-to-eye on whatever it is, then you're going to have some kind of growing pain or um, a point of separation where you're just never going to be able to return to to that point where that it was before, that harmonious time in the relationship. Well, that doesn't give me a lot of hope because my immediate thought goes to, okay, so you find someone that understands who they are and you have a strong understanding of who you are, where what your goals are, and, and let's say expectations right. right in a relationship then you're in this relationship for a number of years and you each start to to evolve is is there ever a point when it's just too late like say you've been in this relationship for five ten years and now you guys are thinking of going in different directions even though you have discussed getting to a certain point you know desires change and maybe not like romantically desires but maybe just career-wise or or what you want in life in general has changed. I think uh, I I talk about this a lot. And it really bothers me that people don't see how important communication is. Because, uh, again, you shot me a, a, one of those smiles like, yeah, we're going to this again. Yeah, we're going to this again. It's definitely a critical part of any relationship, professional, personal, romantic if you have it established that that communication there shouldn't be a problem because the other person will automatically identify with where you're at they don't need to guess there is no assumption there is no hidden expectation that oh by the way you don't want that when you have an oh by the way in a relationship that's when you know you haven't done your part to get your partner's buy in to whatever it is that you're doing so i feel like communicating sometimes and there is such things under and over communicating but communicating the right amount which will take time to identify but communicating in general will get you closer to that point where you guys are just on that level where there may come a point in time where you wouldn't even need to communicate there is just an understanding but that understanding doesn't come without communication a lot of people think that i'm in a relationship i should automatically understand that person It's not how it works. You need to keep talking because conversation unlocks so many key attributes of your personality and who you are and what makes you tick because it is all hard-coded to every word that you say, to every belief that you hold true. And by identifying with that, your partner is able to understand you. And by understanding you, you will gain balance and harmony in the relationship. But what if you come to an impasse after 15 
20 years together. You come to this impasse of, I am happy here with our life that we've created. And, and the partner is, I am happy with our life, but I would be happier if we relocated to, let's say, Texas or whatever. I don't know why I picked Texas of all states. <laughs> this is random, but okay. I, I have, I've had Texas on the mind because I was thinking about going there in the next month or so. Uh, okay. some friends. Uh, so say, so say Texas is, is the, where, where one person wants to be and the other person wants to, and the other person wants to stay, you know, stay put. How is conversation going to help that? Is it like the motivations of why you want to be there? Or is it like, like, I, I don't understand how, you know, what? I don't even think that that impasse would come about because there would be that understanding that implied sacrifice or not sacrifice, but that implied understanding to where one person may, and yeah, maybe sacrifice was right. Where one person may have to sacrifice their desire for the other person because they know that their love for that person is so deep that they wouldn't want to perturb that person. And then my mind goes to another thought that you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself by thinking that long term. Focus on the here and now in a relationship and work out the details now. Not a year from now, not even a month from now, not even a week from now or a day from now or an hour from now. Focus on now. And this is a problem I find with my wife, and I don't want to throw her under the bus. She's <laughs> she's a lovely, lovely, beautiful mind and beautiful spirit, but she gets <laughs> but. caught up in a lot of the future, right? There's always a but. She gets caught up in the future a little too much. I do... To an extent as well, I know how to reel it in and focus on how I'm going to go about it now. But this is the wonderful thing about her. The other day, she came up to me and she told me, you know what? I realized something about our relationship. And I was like, what was that? And she told me, I am the long-term planner. You've never been that in this relationship. You're more of the spontaneous type, the fly by the seat of your pants, and I will figure it out as I go. But I'm the long-term person, and I'm not going to change that. You're the short-term person. You take care of the short-term. You figure out how to garner success and and build this family in the short-term, and I will build on the long-term. And the long-term will coincide with the short-term because the long-term will keep evolving as the short-term keeps evolving. And that's how we balance each other out. And I looked at her and I said, that is absolutely perfect. We just found the way that we ebb and we flow. Now, there's going to be, you know, um, valleys, hills and valleys, right? As they say, mm-hmm. never going to be perfect. There are going to be hardships along that way where the short term just won't cut it and the long term just won't cut it. There are going to be points where we have to readjust, but at least we know we've defined ourselves and our roles in the relationship and we could build on that, right? We can grow. And as long as we're growing in parallel and communicating and evolving that communication, I think we'll be fine. Even if we get bored with each other, at least there will come a time where I was like, you know what? I'm bored. Yeah, you know what? I'm bored too. What can we do? Because there's going to come that time where we're bored. But at least we have that understanding that we know each other to the point where I know exactly what she wants and she knows exactly what I want. Or at least I would hope, right? That's the ideal. That's a very, in a perfect world scenario. Right, because people change, goals change, perspectives change. I say, what's the baseline in the sense of like, what's the one thing you can always hold on to? with everything else being a variable right what's the one thing you can always fall back on in the relationship to i say remain grounded but with each other and so to speak that's perfect um 
That's a great question. I've never really thought about it. Um, I would have to say it would be for us, and this is solely based on my experience, it would be the love for our children. For people that don't have children, I would say that you need to find something to hold on to until you keep, maybe it's, yeah, maybe, maybe it is a dog or a house or an experience or a family member. If you're not doing it for yourselves, however, I feel like you're robbing yourself of the experience. So it has to be something that's closely related to you and your relationship. So for example, our kids, it's like. For, for me, I know it's funny. You had asked me why I stuck, stuck it out so long with, with pancake. And yeah, you know, we all know okay, if you've okay. listened to this podcast, you have a tendency of hanging on way too long. And it just hit me. I just realized like what it was that like kept me tied to it is she was with me when I got to visit my grandmother for the last time before she passed away. Okay. Right. I think we have talked about this before. Right? Never on air, but yeah, we, okay. we had talked about this. Like she, she went up with me to San Francisco when my grandmother, you know, met us. she was in town for my grandmother lived in a small town. Had to drive five hours south to San Francisco uh, to see her physician. So she she knew my grandmother. She was, it was, I think we, we had broken up at the time or we were like in one of our many like separated weekends or together, whatever. Together but not together. Right. Yeah. Uh, when my, my, so that was my maternal grandmother. When my paternal grandfather passed away, I was, lit, you know, was in the middle of the night, I dro- drove over there with my dad to go see my grandfather, you know, call, uh, the coroner and the whole nine and out of the blue we hadn't we hadn't talked and she had just happened to text me like hey how are you doing like who who does that like at two in the morning i, f- I felt like there was like that connection there and i think that's why i held on so long and wanted to keep that because i felt like she was there for some significant moments in my life or significant losses rather and i think that's why i wanted to hold on to it because it was also a way for me to stay connected to those people but at a certain point the relationship just wasn't working and I had to make a decision for myself as to whether to stay with this for, for the sake of like, you know, either maintaining friendships, relationships, or ideas of relationships or, or letting it go so we could both flourish on our own. And that's a very hard choice to make. So how did you do it? To be honest, I don't, I don't even know. I think I got to a breaking point with the relationship and how, how we were interacting and it just wasn't, it didn't feel like we were, in love we were together but it didn't feel like we were acting in love so you're growing apart yeah sort of so not growing in parallel and that's very much a possibility i mean i i'm a firm believer that if you're not growing in tandem it's very hard to maintain that relationship because two very separate people trying to live similar lives it's a contradiction in and of itself i guess what it boils down to from for me is i'm still trying to figure it out I, I don't have that clarity. And I, if I'm being completely honest, I do have this, I don't want to call it an innate fear, but I do have a fear of, of picking the wrong partner or choosing the wrong person to be, to be my partner. I I don't know why. And I, I don't, I feel like I have good judgment. I feel like I've surrounded myself with, with good people, but I still have this, like, what if I pick the wrong person and my life just goes completely south? Again, I think I'm just being dramatic. Well, to stop this from becoming anything short of a therapy session, which it probably already has, uh, (laughs) you're putting too much pressure on yourself. I think you're just putting way too much pressure on yourself to overcome some kind of societal expectation or familial expectation 
that you should just take your time, develop yourself, work on yourself. I mean, I tell my my team members this when I talk to them about their personal and professional development. Work on yourself first. Everything else will fall in line. Because as soon as you figure yourself out, as soon as you're able to identify what you identify with, everything will just come fall into place. And I think that's where I, where I struggle because I think all my past relationships are a strong representation of me coming to a moment of clarity of figuring out who I am and what I'm about and then being the woman that came into my life. I guess what I attracted from what I thought I was or who I was or what I was about. It's continually it evolved and each relationship has gotten better, but it obviously wasn't right for me. At that point in time, yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. Like I just, I, I'm, I'm still just figuring it out, and that's perfectly fine. There's no one answer that will sufficiently cover this topic of how do you know you're in a bad relationship, or how do you know how to maintain a relationship for that matter. You know, because it all comes down to basic maintenance, and it's difficult, really. Sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith with someone that you know maintains the most basic level of human integrity and compassion and empathy and can take that and grow with it i think part of me just needed to hear that there is no answer right there's no solid like this is how you do it but i think i just have an issue with the idea of declaring a relationship a bad relationship because i feel like it implies that it is uh incredibly negative or abusive or there's always like negative associations really with with a bad relationship when in reality it's it's two amazing people that just were not right for each other and it it just did not work and i does that make it a bad relationship or is that just not the right time or not the right timing or not the right person i would say it's not the right word maybe you're struggling (laughs) with semantics at that point Uh, i would say if you know you're not meant for that person and they're two amazing people separately you're right they might not be compatible but that's up for you to decide. But again, it all goes back to if you do not know what you expect out of someone, how can you know what you expect out of yourself? If you don't know what to expect from yourself, how do you know what to expect from someone else? It's a basic guideline. Uh, Maybe there's just too much uncertainty in your own life in general uh, that would hamper you from really identifying with something that you can really grab onto and say, this is me. And this is what I, you know, this is what I'm confident about. And that, that confidence and that self-awareness, I think would perpetuate itself and resonate with the other person to the extent where they would no longer have to try and figure you out. They know you. And now it's just about building on top of that. So, Hey, if you have any questions about this discussion or any feedback, feel free to drop us a line and let us know. We love to hear from you. We constantly want you guys to engage with us. Let us know what you think about this episode or any other episode for that matter. Hit us up. Randy, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IamRandyZ. And Turk? You can find me at TurkSaysNo on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed and continue to share it with friends. Make sure you stop our website at talk30tome.com 
for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes, and if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. Really appreciate it. For Talk Theory to Me, I'm Turk. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. Peace.